0: Tanya, welcome to Live Your Life with Purpose podcast. I'm super excited to have you on. You are going to be uh the second series in this uh in this podcast segment, which I'm calling uh Some Angels Don't Have Wings. And uh um I'm calling you this and, and having you in this segment because really of all the amazing work um, uh, that you and your team do to really go out and help people. Now granted, this is your business, but it still is, it's uh, its doing amazing work, helping people when they when they really need it the most. And so I really want to talk about that. Um, you know, want to thank you for all of the service that you give to others, um, you know, and you've been a nurse for a long time, taking care of, of people for a long time. So I'm also interested to really understand how you take care of yourself. Um, Uh, so we get into a lot of different things, but, uh, uh, but first that, you know, really want to understand when did you first realize that nursing was a career, um, that you potentially wanted to follow?
1: Um, well, first of all, I want to tell you, thank you for having me and I'm happy to be here and we've known each other for some time. So Mm -hmm. um, this is really nice. Um, so I, I started, I was a non-traditional student. I had children and I went to, I started off in the community college and actually nursing wasn't my first choice. I knew I wanted Mm. to go into health profession, but I um, wasn't really sure. And a silly thing is that one of the ways that I decided what program I was gonna be, which was not nursing, was I didn't wanna take speech class. (laughs) (laughs) And then now years later, I do so many talks with people. (laughs) And um, but I wanted I the I really love nursing. So if you get me talking about nursing, I love that there's so yeah. many different options and there's mm. so many different areas of practice. So if um, one one area doesn't suit someone, then you can get educate yourself a little bit. Um, you know, nurses are teachers, and um, I just loved that the the options for that. So uh, yeah. it's a great profession.
0: Yeah. Now, were you always um, kind of like a giving person? Did you find that as you were growing up, you just naturally found yourself kind of gravitating towards taking care of other people or, or not really at all?
1: Well, I was the oldest in my family. It was my brother and I. And I think that I've always, I don't know that it, I would have looked at it as caring. I was always, I liked babysitting. I, you know, um, my brother and I were, you know, pretty independent. And Uh, so in that space and I when I look back now I realized because I think that I did gravitate towards it I remember when Mm. I was in high school someone asked me to be a sitter at a nursing home for someone and I mean it wasn't something that I had ever done before so someone saw that in me Mm. Uh, and so I would go and just be a companion and take walks with this kid with this woman and um, so Mm. I definitely I I'm, you know, mine is the, the, everybody comes to my house for the holidays. Like, so, I mean, part of that is like a leadership kind of thing, I think. And I enjoy it. I enjoy being with people and making connections and taking care of people in that way.
0: Yeah. And that's pretty special. And certainly at that age, I mean, to, um, to sit down and have conversations with somebody that is much older than you, you don't really know. Like what am I going to talk to somebody about or how am I going to connect um, it's really it's really special to do at that age because even um, you know while I was taking care of mom one of the things that I you know all of a sudden I have a, a new foundational um, um, gratitude for people who help others is because you know, I needed so much help while I was taking care of mom. And, you know, you just, you can't do things on your own. There's lots of different things that kind of come into it. And, you know, it's really special when people want to help others in such a capacity. Um, you know, we're especially going into somebody's home, um, which we'll talk about that. I know that uh, you've been in home care for a long time. Um, you know, that's a special thing to go in and, and be able to naturally, be comfortable with somebody. Have them feel that comfort level with you, so that you know they want you to come into their home to take care of mm-hmm. them, right? Because that's, you know, they have to want it just as much as you have to want to be able to help them. Correct?
1: Right. Right. I think just to piggyback when you're saying that you needed the help, I think that one of the things that um, is what is most important is being the type of person that can ask for help. Yeah, And accept that. And it even goes back to even before I was looking at education, I knew education was very important to me. um, But I was a very young mom. And um, so I was taking care of my son. And I could have, I was a single mom. And it was difficult, but I learned, I learned, so I was babysitting Mm -hmm. I would do things, but I also learned at that age to seek out people. I remember thinking I wanted to find people that were where I wanted to be. So I would always look to them and realize that I'd surround myself with people that weren't going to say no you're not going to finish school you're not going to be able to do that as a mom you know things are going to be different and so well
0: you needed that support right we all need help like you know you have this idea of what you want for yourself but it is you know there's no way for any one of us to do any of the things that we do without somebody's help along the way Um, and that's a hard thing to to start to imagine Um, and it's a hard thing to ask I mean you know, especially for myself, there was a point where I was really too proud um, to ask for help because this was my journey. This was my thing that I, you know, wanted and, you know, and certainly in taking care of mom and to then, to then admit or, you know, realize that I needed help It sometimes almost feels like a failure. It almost feels like I I can't do this, Um, but it wasn't, it was really like, we have to, and that's really where for me, you know, focusing on myself afterwards, I realized what a, what in bad shape I was because I wasn't paying attention to what I needed. And so I found myself at the end of that journey, a little lost. And, uh, um, I'm sure a lot of people that you work with probably sometimes or family members feel that, um, you know, because you kind of get, you get wrapped up in whatever you're doing.
1: I think the stress level of people, um, <clears throat> that are in that situation, like you were, Um, you don't even recognize that you're, you know, like you said, you don't don't even recognize that you're not taking care of yourself. And that we mentioned feeling like it was a failure to have to ask and I deal with people all the time. And actually it's not just our clients, but our caregivers. You know, I had a conversation yesterday with someone and she said, I'm embarrassed that I need help and I'm embarrassed about this. And I think, you know, Um, one of the benefits, because I was so young, and I was just so determined, when people said I wasn't going to be able to do it, I was so determined to not, you know, um, let that happen to me and to my son. Um, But on the other side of it, it's also like, I lean in on that all the time. Because Mm -hmm. now, I mean, as you get older, and you realize people wanted to help you, I'm sure. And that's the other thing is that, you know, I try to point out to people that, you know, when, you know, how many times you know someone's going through a hard time and you say, you know, let me know if you need anything. Well, maybe some people aren't sincere, but a lot of people are. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that um, you can, you know, you're giving, you know how people like will pay for, you know, you go through drive up and you pay for the person behind you. Yeah. And um, I did that one time. And what was really interesting was that the person in the, 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 I, you know, I, I did that and it was, I could tell it was the manager. And the manager looked at me and he said, Thank you for doing that because you blessed my day as well, not just mm. the person. And I thought, It's so true. Like when we're ever yeah. part of all of those interactions, you know, you asking someone for help, bless them to be part of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, to be part of your journey. And to, people, I mean, people want to help most of the time if they have. Yeah. To-
0: they really do and 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 even instead of sometimes just asking for help because that's just the natural tendency you know we want to help and it's just like well what can we do you know sometimes just saying hey you know i'd love to make a dish for you so that you guys don't have to think about that what's your favorite meal Mm -hmm. um or type of thing you know what i mean and then that way it just takes the burden off of somebody having to still ask for help, even though they want it because sometimes that's just a hard thing to I to know. do is just have that ask. Um, but yeah, no, and so you have it looked like I mean, have you been in home care for the majority of your nursing career, or how did that start for you?
1: So when I was in nursing school, um, I I, you know, I needed to be, I needed to continue to work, um, but I really, and I, I compartmentalize things now too. So I wanted to, I, I took, um, the home health aid training course during one Mm -hmm. of my school breaks. And it was wonderful because it gave me the opportunity to be able to, uh, work, focus on school during the week. And then of course, not a lot of people wanted to work weekends, but I loved it because then I could, you know, I, I worked on, um on a hospice team. And so I would tell them to like book me from the morning till evening. And I really probably, I wasn't really considering home care as my area of practice. My, you know, at that time, um, it was almost 30 years ago, but at that time uh, everybody said, you have to work in the hospital for a year. So I kind of figured that I was gonna finish school and I did work in the hospital for a little bit, but I found right away that relationship that you make with people. And at that time, a lot of time, I would go in in the morning sometimes and help somebody get going hospice clients, and then I'd be back in the evening. And you just it's just so different. And so yeah. even after I got a job in a hospital, and I, I went, I, you know, fast tracked into management, I would always have my own private clients um, on the side, because you just develop a different rapport um with people and you become part of their extended family while you're still trying to be professional and everything but um you know it just I loved it and so you know I I I say now it's like you think about the routines that you have during like we all do it every day you get up at this whatever time and your routines like you get your coffee Mm -hmm. at this time you know, whatever that is. And I just, you get to know people in a different way. And I don't know, that connection's always like stayed with me. So, yeah, in it's some amazing. form or another, um, I have worked in other settings as well, but I always had the home care on the side. Yeah. A side gig.
0: And it really is, uh, uh, it's such a different level of nursing having done a you know a lot of nurse recruiting as well mm-hmm. um and it is it's because there's a there's an avenue for nursing for every personality type mm-hmm. um which is great because it's needed because there's so many different ways that people you know mm-hmm. need that type of help um and it's so
1: definitely an independent practice in because yeah. you don't have you know, uh, you don't have somebody to like run down the hall and say,
0: uh, to ask a quick question or to say, Hey, this, (laughs) if you have to ask a question, it's going to take a little while. So you have to rely on, you know, your own things. And now, so one thing that when we talked, um, you know, very on when we first started connecting, you know, after the journal and and talking Mm -hmm. about things, you mentioned that, you very early on learned to write down what were your what six priorities every Mm -hmm. day and then kind of work from that and so um how did that kind of come about for you
1: so actually it was um that's a premise that Mary Kay Ash of Mary Kay Cosmetics does this it's one of the things that she said, and I remember hearing it and I thought it made so much sense. And so I've always been someone who's like written down a to-do list and, um, you know, tried to organize my thoughts. And a lot of times it was related to school um, and trying to, you know, um, I've, I I love education too. So um, I was just trying to like balance those things. So I'd write those things down. And then I really liked that idea because whether you do it the night before, Or you do it that morning it really kind of focuses you and it gives you it's like some time to reflect and i think as i've gotten um older um and more mature and knowing myself i think that i've changed some of that practice but i still do that i still do things because it gives you some sense of accomplishment at the end of the day but it also gives you some focus like you're not going to get everything done you're never going to get everything done so i like to kind of say and i balance that with even family things so it might be like these are You know, this was one of my six things today. Um, So, you know, it gives you just like focus as you're planning your day, but it also is kind of nice to look back on and say, oh yeah, I did, you know, I did
0: accomplish that. And it's such a huge thing to give yourself uh, because of a couple of different reasons, right? Like we can all look at negative things that happen to us and kind of dwell in those spaces. But when we start to give ourselves like, okay, this is what I'm going to get done today, And then when we do it, we feel really good about accomplishing that. And so when people are setting goals, that's why it's such a great thing to have a mixture of short-term, long-term goals. Things are easy to kind of hit those check marks right off the bat so that you can gain momentum. And then, yeah, you feel like, okay, well, if I do this for myself and these choices and these actions take me here, then if I keep on focusing on the things that, you know, drive my passion. And obviously nursing is a passion giving back to people is a passion for you. You know, you figure out how to incorporate that into all aspects of your life. And so, um, you know, having a child <clears throat> was a passion and a priority and something that obviously, you know, was, was, uh, a number one reason okay, and now I have to take care of this individual, but that didn't mean that you let any of those other things go. You just figure out a way that you made it all work for yourself um, you know, and that's the, that's the amazing thing. And that's where, um, again, we all have that ability to kind of carve that path and drive our own bus. And it's just a matter of giving ourselves the tools and the ability to do that. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, family's always been, you know, a high priority and, when we, you know, I was thinking last week, it's like, we've all gotten through our worst, what we thought could have been our worst day. And somehow you look back and they don't, all of those things that you're going through on a day-to-day basis don't hold so much weight. Yeah. And, you know, so, you know, there are challenging days now and they're, they're always going to be, that's kind of, that's how we grow. But when you look back on it and say, you know, all of those days that I thought were so terrible. So I'll lean back on that, but then I've you know, I have a marriage and I have four children now and um, all of those things and grandchildren, but in my practice. And so just kind of, you know, you didn't ask me to give a plug for your journal, but I will tell you that (laughs) (laughs) um, that took me to a different place too. And I shared this with you that one of the things that I hadn't done, so I would do my six things and I always would, I would try to always do the reflection. Um, One of the things I liked about journaling, which was different than what I was doing before is. So I do my six things and write my to-do list and then I get rid of it. So now I don't. So now I I still do my six thing in a different place, but I do have a journal and it's nice to look back and say, okay, you know, you have a place. What did you learn yesterday? Um, And going back and looking at last week, because sometimes it seems, of course, to me that you'll have like one day and then it's like a couple bad days. And then you start like feeling this heaviness. But when then you Mm -hmm. look back and you say, oh my gosh, I did I did a lot, or I'm reflecting back saying, you know what? I should have exercised more because two weeks ago, this exactly happened. One of my reflections was I dealt with stress so much better because I exercised more. And then what do I do the next week? You fall back a little bit and it's so easy to do that. And then it's really nice to it refocuses. and I don't think any of us are ever going to get perfect with that, but it's nice to be able to kind of go back and here are my successes. What am I working on this week?
0: It's just a great place to always go back to, right? Like, and that's where, you know, throwing it out, we have short term memory. And so Mm -hmm. what we think happens versus what actually happens are completely different. So if we have this place where we can measure things by giving ourselves some direction, and then reflecting on how did that go? Then, then that's perfect. And, and it doesn't have to, we don't have to do this to beat ourselves up. And I think that that's what ultimately sometimes we do to ourselves. And that's why it doesn't feel good. This was never a place where I was like, okay, well, uh, how am I going to beat myself up to uh, drive in something for next week? Like, no, this was just about understanding what I enjoyed, what I thought would make a successful week. And then just saying, hey, did I do those things? Did I do the activities that I wanted to do it in order to reach the goals that I wanted to achieve. And if not, then why? And that's it. And, and what right, am I going to do might next? Look at it and
1: say maybe maybe that wasn't as important as I thought.
0: Exactly. And, and in the scheme
1: of things, maybe something came up that really, I needed to take care of. Took
0: a higher priority at that right. time where you consciously made a decision to not do that because this was a higher priority. But unless you have these ideals and have these thoughts then we don't, we don't ever know when we're going off course because we haven't really set a direction. Um, and that's really what I love about what you've always given yourself is a direction, um, and an ability to kind of, you know, work through this. One thing that you said that I completely agree with is just talking about kind of perception and timing. And there was one thing that I saw one time where Oprah was talking to a group, I think of uh, Stanford students, and I've tried to find the clip and I've searched it for years and I can't find it anywhere, but she was talking about this, this place that no matter how good things are or how bad things are it's only a moment in time. Mm -hmm. And so by the time that we get to reflect back on everything that happens, what you are going through right now is not as bad or it's not as good as you think it is. And it's just, and it helps you level off this, like, okay, I might be in a little bit of a ditch right now, but I've proven to myself and I keep proving to myself that I come out of that ditch. And Mm -hmm. that's really where I think that it's important. You know, we have the ability to look back and say, yeah, I have a, I have a hundred percent success rate of coming through things that I didn't think that I could come through. Right. And that's powerful. And that's where having the journal where you can write in helps you kind of when you're in those bad spaces, realize that you've come through worse, probably. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And so being in home care, you can lose taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing that I know that we've talked to 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 your team a couple of times mm-hmm. on, on taking care of yourself. So did you ever find there was times where you weren't taking care of yourself? How have you always kind of, um, you know, made sure that, you know, you were giving yourself what you needed?
1: I think it's very easy to do that when we're um, caregivers, tend to do that I mean nurses are kind of known for not really taking great the greatest care of themselves I think because of the stress level sometimes sure um but I really I will sometimes go off track uh but I always kind of come back to what I know and um I I think about this past year and all of the challenges that everybody had and and you know whether you know you're you're you know eating too much or not exercising. And in the beginning, I remember I was saying to myself, ah, we're going to have this time off. I'm going to be able to walk every day more often. And then it's it easy. It is easy to fall back in those things. So mm-hmm. for me personally, I have to do that. Like I have to refocus. I think, um, I, You probably um, may recall that I have for our office staff, we have a 32 hour work week. It's a four day work week um, because I'm really and I mean, you could talk to any of my staff members. I get really upset if people aren't really taking that time or if they're trying to work on that day. I don't. I mean, I'm the owner, so it's different. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really try to take time and then to find the things that I like. And so that was the other thing is that um, a few years ago, I remember I met with a nutritionist and it was like just thinking about like, I like walking. I've tried to be a runner. I'm just not a runner. I'm just not. So I do, I walk, I do yoga. um, I love to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's funny because i ha- i talk to other people who don't like cooking and to me that's so relaxing like i <laughs> happier than for me like- that's for me that's yeah. baking
0: i do like yeah. to cook yeah. but that's not as relaxing as baking is for me yeah. i i love to get lost in baking a cake or yeah. my daughter's or like all that. of that yeah, yeah.
1: it's yeah. just i think that's what it, what it is and i like i get right caught up in the you know i make rest so oh, the other what another gift of home care is i've been in so many homes and while people are cooking so i have all these great recipes
0: from Mm. different people
1: and so i'll make something and i remember the person that taught me how to make it
0: That might be a nice little um almost kind of book to put together that you know could be part of uh of you know silver linings type yeah. of uh, yeah, that's type of a thing that's that would true. be you know because it's such a I mean that's that's such a gift for people to share right like that's one thing that is such a welcoming thing when. I don't know when anybody comes into your house to feed them, right? Like, thank you for coming over, you know, here's some food, you know, and uh, I
1: actually have like Nana's sauce recipe. So sometimes I'll call up and even during COVID I'll call up the family members and just making it like brings me close. It feel, I feel closer to her. But then in addition to that, I'll call up the family members and the grandchildren and say, Hey, do you want nata sauce? Oh, (laughs) and it brings (laughs) it back to everybody. It is such a gift, and um, yeah, I love feeding. We we haven't had as many family dinners. Um, If I could go back to the old days and do Sunday dinner every week, that nothing would make me happier. But well, hopefully that's
0: hopefully it's in the near future where you know just even with COVID because it's so tough. Like I'm a um, you know, and I'm like a hugger. So when I see people, I want to give them a hug. How you doing? And it's so weird to just. See people, especially like close friends. And it's just like, you know, how you you doing? It's just not me. It's weird. I know. It's, it's so I think difficult. I
1: hope I'm eternal optimist. And I hope, yeah. we're, like, I'm, yeah. even just, and, you know, the other thing during this time is in New England, we always want spring. We're always so ready for spring. Never mind. But then you couple it with not seeing people that you loved over mm. the holidays and all of this fear and loss and all of that so i just you know it's just nice to even have a it's a beautiful day outside today that's, that's it promise of spring but it's you know
0: i do a lot of rowing and so i just the past couple of days uh today will be the same because after this i'm going to go row and uh, i took the rower on the back deck and it just rowed. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's yeah. so nice to just be outside and have some of that fresh fresh air and sun um but I do that all winter just because it always feels good regardless of how cold it is. The sun right. always feels good and the fresh air always feels good. So I always try to get Very grounding.
1: I mean, yeah. I think that's the other thing is when we get kind of crazy, there's nothing better. Um, you know, I was talking to one of the man, one of our managers and, you know, she said, Oh, I don't have time. Like we have time and, you know, take a break, go for a walk. Um, <clears throat> it really like it resets your mood and, um, and we have to do it. It just, it's mm-hmm. very grounding. And I just, you know, back to saying, you know, like taking care of ourselves, we have time. Like we, you know, I know that when you don't take the time, um, your head is clearer, you know, you can exercise or I'll go for a walk or, you know, even just like just raise here. It just, it grounds you and refocuses.
0: Just even, you know, some of the things that I just even meditation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even meditating for five minutes helps you just, stop thinking and so going for a walk is great both physically and mentally because listen to a radio or focus in on a thought maybe you Mm -hmm. you, maybe you are thinking about something and it lets you kind of get out of the space that you're in and start thinking about something a little bit differently and so if there is anything that i suggest to people Mm -hmm. if you could do one thing every single day for yourself And, you know, if you have the ability to get out and go for, you know, a 10 to 15 minute walk every day, such a benefit for your physical health, as well as your mental health. You know, it's
1: hard. It's hard to look when you're outside and to realize and just nature and hearing, you know, birds and looking at the sky or looking at the ocean. It's just like, it kind of takes you out of like, okay, this is like, we're one little you know, piece of this. And you we're, think we're, about we're, when you step back and think that we are living on a ball that's like turning around <laughs> um, and, you know, you look outside and you're saying why, you know, it, it really, I think it gives me a lot of perspective too. I think that's like, you know, great advice and
0: it's huge perspective to realize yeah. like we're significant and insignificant all at the same time, right. you know, and right. that's uh, which is great, which is, which is exactly what the way that it should be because you, um, you know, the thing that and I think that journaling allowed me to realize was that, you know, I spent about 40 years of my life really not being very focused on my priorities or the things that gave me passion and just kind of is ex- existing in the world and having some success and all of that stuff, but not really, um uh, having a good definition around it. And once I started to give that to myself, things things really, really changed. Um, and one thing that I found while I was going through that process with mom is gratitude. And I know that we've talked um, mm. that you, that's something that, you know, you, you have practice in. And I think that that's also something that really helps me stay very grounded. And have you found that for yourself? Just having a daily gratitude practice allows you to, you know, kind of not necessarily worry about some of the things, even though- right you know, even though they're significant, but they don't make them as big as they are, right?
1: Yeah, I think that um, there's always like, you look around and, you know, for whatever. And I think because I had like some life experiences that were more difficult um, than my life is now, I think I am grateful that I have a home. I'm grateful that I have a Mm -hmm. yard. I, you know, all those things, but just to kind of name those things for yourself, is really, um, because again, we can get caught up. I, I remember when I was first a visiting nurse um, and I was working out of VNA and I wasn't doing the private duty, we would go into homes that there might be five people, you know, with kids sleeping in one bed to keep themselves warm. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's very easy when you get really busy to not stop and think about you know how much we do have to be grateful for even during this time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I said all the time, you know, we like, you know, we had shutdown last year. Who would have thought that it would go on like this? But there are good things that have come out of it and the silver lining. And, um, you know, I think even in the most difficult situations, um and you definitely had that with your mom and I think anybody that met you at that time that you didn't think that you were folks I mean you were giving I think we all do that but not having like your mindset in the right place or the where you wanted it to be really yeah. like, changed but I meet people every day that are handling more than they ever thought that they could mm-hmm. and it's it's sad there are some really sad you know stories that um that I feel bad. I wish we could do more. You know, I met with a friend the other day, and I, my heart breaks. You know, you you know, you, this isn't what you signed up for, and somehow you get through, um, and it does make you stronger. And there are those times, and then and i I'm, just, I'm just would imagine that you realize now that if someone had told you what you were going to go through, um, hmm. that you'd question whether you could do it. But then when you look back, there's some gifts in like even illness and the hardest things and you look back and you say oh my god like I you know I had a beautiful experience um because of this terrible disease you know um
0: yeah it's um uh and sorry I just get a little bit of emotional when I think about it because Mm -hmm. um I look back and I and I don't know how I would do that again um but I would and that's the crazy thing is is that I would 100% do those six years over again, because of not only because of giving that gift to mom, like giving, giving her this place of comfort and security that she gave to me, because it really at the end of it became this really poetic thing for me that um, was remarkable, right, it really became this this gift, not just for me, but for her because of, and I say my mother, my father taught me so much in life. Um, But the one of the greatest things that I learned came at a time where my mother didn't realize that she was teaching me these things. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the greatest things that I had through all of that was gratitude because those six years were some of the most difficult of my life, if not the most difficult time in my Mm -hmm. life. Um, and you think back of like, okay, and this is where I draw all of the strength that I do now, because if I spent six years doing that, then what is this? This is nothing compared to that. And so that Mm -hmm. allows me to know that whatever I face in life from here on in that I have the strength to take care of it because, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we don't know that we can handle these things until we're in the middle of it, but we need a lot of help and finding gratitude and being able to be grateful for giving her this allowed me to handle where I was at and, and, and deal with the financial loss and just the emotional loss, all of these different things that you start to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, but speaking of silver linings, one Mm -hmm. of the things that I really want to connect on is, is I love the name and I love the concept of, of, of really why, um, you know, the name is what it is for you, but what got you thinking about, you know, starting this business for yourself?
1: Well, I worked for, um, other, you know, I've gotten other, um, private duty home care company, one in particular, I helped them get it off the ground and I loved it. It is a very Mm. different, it's very different. I've done, um, other types of nursing care, visiting nurse where you kind of go in, somebody has, you know, a knee replacement and we go in and, you know, make sure that they're doing well and they have therapy and all of that, but you don't develop, develop those long-term relationships. Yeah. And so on the side, like I said, I've always had my side gigs. I did pediatric nursing. And so I had two very special patients for all of my patients are special, but two that I had for a very long time. And I learned so much from them. Um And I'm grateful, you know, that I had that experience. So I would have these other jobs. Um, And private duty is definitely a different, it's a niche um, because because of those things and making, um, I always say like I I make connections, but I learned Mm -hmm. from those girls that were facing really difficult things, Um, but we had fun too, you know? So, I mean, there are, I wouldn't be who I am, I mean, like there's lots of things as a mom, as a nurse, all of these things, but I did, I thought that I could do better. So there are some things that really, I think, help us stand, stand out from the way that some other agencies work. And so I was happy working in other ones, but then it was just like, you know what, I'm going to try this on my own. I have, uh, you know, can do it spirit. And I thought no one can take my nursing degree away from me. And so I can, you know, see how this works, but we have, it's about the connection. So it's not just that we really, and I'm just not saying, like, I love having nursing students. I love having caregivers that might be going through a challenge and are able to do that. And I can connect them. You know, I go into the families and I say, you know, um, I'm kind of a matchmaker and, you know, some of my elderly clients get a twinkle in their eye, I'm like, not that kind of matchmaker. Um, But, um, you know, just it's, it really is. So, you know, when I look at the silver linings, it first came from one of my biggest passions is hospice care. And as you know, it's, it's very difficult watching people go through that. But, um, and I remember people used to ask me when I worked on a hospice team, how I did that. And I thought, you know, I think people have the misperception that the nurses and the staff members that work with terminally ill people somehow are stronger. I mean, they still, I remember sitting around Mm -hmm. a meet, you know, like our, you know, weekly meeting and they would say, you know, so-and-so passed last night and everybody would go, well, everybody knew that. I mean, that's the deal. You know, if you're, you know, getting that kind of care that that is ultimately going to be the outcome, Mm -hmm. but knowing that you might've made it a little bit easier, uh, you know, comforted someone medically or said to the family this is okay this is normal you know um, and, and as
0: somebody that you know certainly had had that um it's an amazing also it's an amazing gift for family because I remember mm-hmm. there was one time where I was so I was working from home uh trying to take care of mom and 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 you know financially pay bills and all of mm-hmm. that stuff so there was a huge challenge with all of that But I remember walking out of my office one time after a meeting and seeing um, this woman reading a book, holding my mom's hand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mother was just laid back in her chair with her eyes closed and her feet wiggling like she normally would. But just the fact that she was holding her hand and reading her, her a book really made that so seeing that really just had an effect on me because it was just like, thank you. Thank you for just giving her some comfort right now. And having that connection, you know, of holding her hand was, uh, you know, was amazing. So they, they do amazing work and it really is. Um, it takes a special person to really um, give comfort at that, at that stage in life.
1: Well, I think somehow it's like when you talk with other people that have gone through similar things, Um, you're not going to change, you're not going to change the outcome, but it's also like, you kind of feel like you're all in it together and every, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that that caregiver, as I said, like the blessings are all around the silver linings are, we, we, I've gotten to know some wonderful people. Um, And, you know, I, you know, I, I had a woman a couple of weeks ago and she kept saying to me, I don't think that you realize what you did by pulling together this care so quickly for my husband and the quality of his life because you assigned that caregiver Mm. and the caregiver, you know, stayed with her after her husband had passed. They didn't, they weren't able to have family around. There wasn't family close by and then everybody's worried about COVID. So there really are. So I think that's, when I look and I say, there are silver linings, like you meet people. And then of course I was like the silver hair kind of thing, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I don't know. I think that, you know, I wouldn't, you know, the the for you to be in half her at home, like you said, like you walked out, you were at work, she could have been in a facility. Not to say that there might, might have been somebody in the facility that would be able to hold her hand, but it's just nice to be able to be present and see that if, mm-hmm. if that's something that you're able to do. And you were talking about the financial thing and everything. That's the other thing I remind people. I actually remind try to remind the caregivers that work for us that you know when you go into a grocery store and somebody's like in a bad mood and you know, people are like just not nice to each other. And I think to myself all the time, You you never know. And now people like have all the little quotes and everything. You never know what people are going through. But I know for sure that I would be taking care of people that either their mother or their husband or whatever is in a bed in their living room because that's where they have the space. And then they have to go to work because Mm -hmm. the rest of your life doesn't stop. And so you still yeah. have to pay your bills, and you still have to pay your mortgage, and your car breaks down. In addition to that, and I see that with a lot of families that have disabled children, you know, in addition to all the other things that we're going through, they're trying to manage all of these things, and it's it's heavy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you can, you know, we still do like you know, you try to have a sense of humor, and you try to say, you know, we're doing the best we can, but it's it's it it can be a burden, um, but. You know, I think with the support, uh, we're lucky. It's not just me, so I'm lucky that I do have. So I, I'm lucky that I had a caregiver that was a perfect fit for that woman that called me, yeah. and um, and it just worked. And somehow, you know, um, you know, and again, like the caregiver was very happy to be there. They'll usually, you know, they get connected, and you probably found this. They'll get connected, and they'll they're willing to do more time. So it really is. It's it's about the connections, and mm-hmm. um, I've said you know we're a growing agency. We have another location, but I keep mention you know focusing on the fact that I'd rather be smaller and give the most exceptional care. Um, and then
0: try then get too big and not be able to do what you hard, want to. Yeah, the balance.
1: You know it's it is it's because you want to be able to touch more people, but I don't want to lose what makes us. Uh, unique unique.
0: yeah yeah Yeah. and so speaking of uh you know so you guys have been in business for is it eight years seven years okay excellent and have grown to uh, a cape cod location which is fantastic but a lot of this also revolves around the fact that like what you get the you you like to spend time in both of the locations so you know, what I love is that, you know, you had this place of where, you know, having a being a single parent and facing a lot of obstacles to now being in a place in life where, you know, you have continued to move through and set new goals for yourself and open up a business and then open up a second location, which then also allows you to, you know, spend time at another place that you enjoy. And so this is what Is fun and this is what I also not only with the amazing work that you do but what an inspiration for other people to look up to and say hey listen you know things didn't look so good when I was here facing a lot of different obstacles and I didn't let that stop me from now being in this place in life and uh, uh, life is hard I mean life is always going to be hard whether you're in this place or you're in this place and it's just a matter of picking your heart right
1: yeah, you have a, I feel like you create your own, op- you, we all have the ability to create our own opportunities and um, I, and don't get me wrong. I had, you know, some years that were um, challenging, but I also have a, a wonderful husband. We've been married for 35 years um, and, you know, a, a family and a supportive family, but there were times at that time that I. Um, that again, I leaned back in on, cause I got through them. I mean, there was a time where I didn't know where I was going to live yeah. and all of these things, but I do love Cape Cod. And, um, I, you know, my, I have a lot of family down there and my uncle that lives down there said, you know, I know why you didn't stop in Worcester. Like, You're to <laughs> but when you take your like little walk every day and it's near the beach. And so, um, you know, I, you do, like I've created what I wanted to do and I've always like gone out and taken risks that I thought, oh, let's see how this is gonna turn out. And you know, it usually turns out fine.
0: Yeah. And sometimes
1: you might take a twist along the way and it's a little, it, it was a little scary, but you know, I think, um, you know, it's it's the same premise that we have here, but it's just like, that's kind of where I want to be too. Yeah. And but I also worry because we have this Western Mass location that this is where my heart, this is where I grew up. So it's not as if I, you know, I, so I really, but I feel like I'm at a place in my life. I have a lot of wonderful people that are like supporting this mission. Yeah. And so, and then we have some fun, you know, while we're doing it. That's um,
0: perfect. And so, you know, as we get to wrap up, I don't want to take up too, too much of your time. I really do appreciate all of it. Um, but there's a couple of things that I do want to focus on. And and I think that it's, it's great because it allows you to be this role model through your actions, things that you have done done, um, allows other people to look up and, and, and want to emulate that. Um, and so that's wonderful. Um, a couple of questions that I have that I always loved to answer at various or ask at various times when I was recruiting, but, um, two things personally and professionally, aside from, you know, your kids and your family, you know, what are you most proud of personally and professionally that you've been able to, uh, to do for yourself?
1: So personally, it really, it has to be back to my family because I feel, um, and actually I should say my education. So yeah. at one point um, when I was young you know, and I had uh, my first child, I remember, and I was in high school, I'll be honest, I was in high school mm-hmm. and people said, you're not gonna be able to finish school. And um, as you know, I, I did. Um, so I, I was able to do that. I graduated with my class. And so I was really proud of that. And then I kind of got on this mission. And so I ended up. I I think I got like so attached to um, learning uh, Mm. because even if you're in a program. So I I kept going. I remember after I finished. um, I have a dual masters. When I finished that, um, I was approached about like going into a doctoral program. I'm like no. But I'm very proud that I kept going. Um, I'm very proud that I kept going and that I didn't. Let other people's opinions define what I was going to do. I love that. And I think that that's the other thing professionally. So, a lot of people um, will say, you know, you know how many businesses there are, do you know how many home cares there are? Everybody's open in them. And I just don't even pay attention. And so, if I start to pay attention, I bring myself back because I, um, it doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. going to let those things.
0: Stop and some, me, yeah. You know? And sometimes those opinions and those things are, they could be out of jealousy. They could be out of, there's lots of different reasons why people are going to say some different things to you that don't really apply. And you just have to follow your gut, right? Your intuition of what is right for you. And how can that ever be wrong?
1: Well, I think that, that when people do that, may, many times I'm sure that they're coming from a place of Um, it could be like a place of love and that they have concern, but Hmm. I don't let other people like spread their fear all over me because, you know, and I do, when you were saying like your intuition that I will tell you is probably the one thing because I thought Mm -hmm. when I was young, that I was put here to do something. And that I was going to follow that, and so if I don't follow my intuition, that's the only time I get into trouble. I do it when mm-hmm. I'm hiring people, I do it when I'm making decisions about whether or not we need to like change course, and that's personally or professionally. Um, and it's really I don't want to say it's not that hard, but honestly, if you're if you're if you tap into that, you're not going to mm-hmm. ever go wrong. And I just kind of bless and release that, you know, if someone has you know, if they have, it might be their own
0: fears. Um, yeah, totally, then, yeah.
1: You know, and, or maybe they couldn't do that. And so, um, and then I, the other thing professionally is I feel like I really am a collaborator. And so um, there are people, as you know, that are in this area that like, you know, I'm happy to work with other, you know, I mean, they're competitors, or friendly competitors, but I just, I, I live trusting that there's abundance. And mm. I mean, I know it sounds I mean, I know this is what you're doing, but there's no,
0: but it, it, enough there's for enough all for us. all of us. Yeah.
1: And, and so I don't let that get me down. And so, um, I'm not saying I don't, cause I still have hard days. I still question every day. And so, you know, like there are times and then other times, as you said, like you get through these days and then I tell myself, I've gotten through all the other ones. You know, this is just something I need to work through and then not giving up, you know, just mm. saying, this is, I know I'm supposed to be doing this. And um, and just mo- continuing to move forward and work- reflect where you know I need to work on myself.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, this is fantastic. And I, and I, and again, I truly appreciate your time because, you know, hearing you talk about all of these th- different things and being so kind of open and honest about all of it allows other people to realize that, you know, they can do the same thing, even regardless of a situation that they may be in that they feel is uh, maybe overwhelming at times that, you know, you can be in a situation and and and, and still move yourself exactly where you want to go in life. And so um um, I applaud you for being you know uh, a strong female role model for all of those people to look up to because um, you know we need to celebrate that more so that others uh, young girls out there you know know that again they can go out there and achieve all of these different things so so thank you for all of the uh, the you. work that you do, not just in that aspect but then really with uh, with work. Um, you know, it touches me in a place that uh, uh, I'm extremely grateful for, even though I'm not even remotely part of it. I appreciate all that you do for for those that need it. And so, so thank you for that.
1: You are, you are part of it. And I think you know, I you coming to talk to our team and everything, and I don't know about all that and the role model, but I mean, I, I do think that um, we all you know, you don't have to look too far to see somebody that's like had a harder time and they made it and they Mm -hmm. made their dreams come true. So Mm -hmm. I think just being open and paying attention and, you know, journaling and reflecting and exercising. I don't know. But excellent. Well, thank
0: you. Well, thank you, uh, Tanya. This has been fantastic. Um, I'll have some other information for people at the end of this so that they'll know how to uh, get in contact with you and reach you for um, for for whatever they may need. So Excellent. All right, Scott.